0: Happy birthday, Mr. Adult Man! Oh, Mom! Ugh, gross! What was Dad like? His beard was scratchy. He had a goofy laugh. I wish I'd met him. I have something for you. From your dad. It's a wizard, staff. I wrote this spell so I could see for myself who my boys grew up to be. This spell brings him back. Back? Like back to life? He wanted to meet you more than anything. How did you? I don't know! It just started! Hang on! Dad? don't stop, Bart! Dad, you are in your house! Oh, boy! We've only got 24 hours to bring back the rest of Dad. We're going on a quest! all quests start with the manticore the fearless adventurer you mean cory she's over there quick somebody help me these griffin nuggets were supposed to go out minutes ago that's the manticore you guys are in trouble big time get in the vehicle i'm escorting you home i'm giving you to the count of three okay wait what are you doing i don't know Ah! i'm looking for my sons oh they went on a quest. But don't worry. I told him about the map. I told him about the gym. I told him about the curse. (sighs) I forgot to tell him about the curse. The what? Uh! Your boys are in great danger. Hold on! (laughs) How are your boys doing? A crisis? Oh no! We're dead. We're dead. We're dead. Not great. I can't do it. We're not going to see you, Dad. You can do this. I believe in you. That knows where to go, don't you, boy? Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm on my way, boys. Just stay out of trouble. This one is a layup. That's what Todd told me a month ago when I asked him for ideas for At The Movies. I needed one more movie. I needed a family-friendly film because the original idea was we were going to have a night at the movies on the church lawn on May 31st. Of course, COVID put a dent in that. But Todd said, have you seen Onward? And I said, no. He said, do you have Disney Plus? And I said, yeah. And he said, Onward's your movie. Trust me, it's a layup. And you can see just from the trailer why he would say that. There's no magic like family. You know, what would you give for just one more day together? And there are so many great themes in this movie. It's a movie about going on a quest. It's a movie about facing your fear and your anxiety. It's a movie about stepping out on bold faith. It's it's about discovering your family and discovering yourself through the journey. It's about discovering the value of relationships that you've had your entire life, but lacked eyes to see. And it really is a layup. I mean, most Disney Pixar movies are when it comes to the themes uh, within them. But this one even had one that halfway through the movie, I was like, oh my goodness. I mean, this is like The writers at Pixar said, you know what? Some preacher's going to be doing an at-the-movie series, and they're going to need a clip for it, and we'll just put this in here. Because, I mean, it it was perfect. It was like it was written for a sermon. It's the scene where uh, Ian and his brother Barley are about to cross this chasm, and the only way that they can cross it is with this trust bridge. It's an invisible bridge that they cannot see, and the only way they know it exists is to step out over the ledge and to step into thin air. And if they believe it exists, then the bridge exists. I mean, this this clip's going to be used at youth conferences from now until eternity, and I had to work it into this message. So watch this real quick. This is called the Trust Bridge. Bridge Regor, Enfysia. Hey, you can do this. Okay, (laughs) you can see why that thing will preach. Believe with every step. Just keep going and don't look back. I mean, come on. It's a layup, right? And as I'm watching the film, looking for the spiritual themes, I'm like, that's it. I mean, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's the theme of the movie. That's what we got to talk about. Faith is like, you know, stepping out into the void, stepping over the edge of the chasm and trusting that the bridge is going to be there. And you just got to keep going and believing with every step. I mean, it's it's a great representation of faith, And I was sure that that was going to be the theme of this message. But at the end of the movie, that changed for me. And there was another scene that was on the screen for maybe two or three seconds that reminded me of another verse that forms the basis of such faith. And that's ultimately where I want to go with this message, because faith is more than blind hope. Faith is trust in something. Faith is trust in someone, more specifically. And at the end of the movie, there was this one scene. I'm going to put it on the screen, even though I don't have a great image of it. But it was on the screen for for just a few seconds, and it tied everything together for me. It was this one right here. Now, if you didn't see the film, let me set up the story just a little bit. The beginning of the movie shows this fairy tale world full of wizards and centaurs and elves. And they lived in a world that was full of wonder and magic. And magic was only used to help people. But eventually, people found other ways to manage their lives. And modern conveniences took over and it took the place of magic. The magic kind of faded away. This is the world of Ian Lightfoot, played by Tom Holland. He's the younger brother in the picture, the smaller brother. Ian is a 16-year-old elf, and he's unsure of himself, and he longs to have a relationship with his father. He never knew his father because his father passed when he was very young, and his older brother Barley, the bigger elf in the picture, is played by Chris Pratt. He only has three memories of him. And so in the early part of the film, Ian tries every way possible to connect with his father. He wears his old sweatshirt. Uh, He has a conversation with one of his friends, and he just longs to know what what his dad is like. He has this pretend conversation with his dad on an old cassette tape that's got his dad's voice. He asks his mom and his brother, what was dad like? And the film's set on Ian's 16th birthday, and he's feeling down because he didn't get to know his dad. So his mom tries to lighten the mood a little bit and she decides to give Ian and Barley a gift that their father left for them and said they could only open when they were both older than 16. It was a magic staff along with a special gem and a written spell that would bring their dad back for one day. Well, the spell works partially it only halfway works. Something happens in the middle of the spell and only half of dad comes back. The lower half of dad comes back. And so that begins this quest. The brothers have 24 hours to find another special gem to complete the spell that will bring back the rest of dad before the sun sets on the next day. And so there's all of these adventures along the way. There's interesting characters they meet. There's situations they get themselves into. They grow closer to each other. They grow grow closer to their dad. And at the end of the movie, they find the gym. And just before the sun sets, they bring dad back for just a few more moments. Except Ian doesn't get to see him. Well, he sees him, but only from a distance. He only sees this image right here. He sees this image of his older brother, Barley, and his dad embracing. But Ian is trapped beneath some rubble and he's not able to see his dad. All he sees is his brother. But just before this scene, Ian realizes that in seeing his brother, he saw his dad. And as I watched this scene unfold, the scripture that came to my mind was Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Paul writes in this passage, the son "...is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation." This is a very simple statement, it is, but it is a, a life-altering statement. I mean, it is incredible truth that Paul reveals right here in the 15th verse of uh, Colossians. And it, a lot of people think it was an old hymn. It was a hymn that the early Christians sang, but just think of the truth that Paul is revering here. Jesus makes God visible. Or to put it another way, the brother reveals the father. Now hang with me here just a minute. I want to take you through a few more verses that reveal this truth. One of them is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Paul says the same thing about Jesus, only this time he describes Jesus as the image of God. And then the writer of Hebrews in chapter 1, verse 3 says, "...the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Are you putting this together here? That Jesus is the visible representation of the invisible God. He is the image of God. He is the radiance of God's being. He is the exact representation of God. And then John pulls it all together. In his gospel, in the very first chapter, in verse 18, he says this, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. There it is. If you want to know what the Father is like, then know what the Son is like. This this makes so much sense, and it fills in so many of the gaps we have about God. I think all of us, on some level, have a longing to know our Father. And I'm not talking about our earthly Father, but our heavenly Father. We have a longing to know God. We want to know who He is, and we want to believe that we're connected to some higher power. Even people who aren't Christians. Well, you know, there, there's something like they want to know that there's more to life than just living and breathing for 80, 90 years. Like there's something more out there. And we want this relationship with God. We imagine conversations with him. We ask others who know him, what's he like? And we want so bad to know him, but we end up confused and frustrated because there's so many explanations of God that it's hard to piece together which explanation is the right explanation. Like we listen to angry preachers railing about sin and we think is that what God's like? Or we listen to prosperity preachers promising blessing and we say is that what God's like? Or we read stories in the Old Testament or we read descriptions on the internet or we listen to sermon after sermon or we read books and we wonder, you know, is that what God is light. And every explanation seems to fall short. And all the answers seem to lead to more questions. And we end up frustrated because we want to know him. But it's like we can only see a piece of him. We can't see all of him. Basically, we end up like Ian at the end of the movie. He has a list of all the things that he wishes he could do with his dad. All the the things he wishes his dad could could teach him. And at the bottom of the list is something about just spending time with his dad, just being able to do life together with his dad. And he realizes at the end of this movie that he's not going to get to do that. He's not going to get to spend the time with his dad that he wants until he remembers his older brother. And this is what we have to remember too, We have an older brother who is described in Scripture as the visible representation of the invisible God. When we see Jesus, we see God. When we read the words of Jesus, we read the words of God. When we hear the stories of his life, we hear the stories of God's life because Jesus is how God chose to make himself known to us. In other words... If you know Jesus, then you know God. If you know your brother, then you know your father. This this is such a life-changing truth, and it really simplifies uh, the nature of Christian faith. Faith is not blind hope. Faith is trusting in God through Jesus, because Jesus is the exact representation of his being. Faith is seeing God through Jesus. In the last series that we did, the Irresistible series, uh, I got a message from a young man that was like a lot of us. He had a lot of questions about God, and he was trying to kind of understand who is God, and he was trying to make sense of it all. And so one of the messages he sent me, he said, you know what, I'm just going to read the Bible. I'm just going to read the whole thing. I'm going to start in Genesis, and I'm just going to work my way all the way through, and surely if I do that, by the end, I'll have this picture of who God is. He said, "Do you think that's a good approach?" And I messaged him back and said, "No, I don't think it's a good approach. I wouldn't start in Genesis. I mean, there's some great stuff in Genesis, but I'm afraid if you start in Genesis, you'll get worn out by the time you get to Deuteronomy and you'll never make it to the most important part of the story. If I was you, I would start with the most important part of the story. I would start with Jesus. So I would read the Gospel of Luke. or or the Gospel of John, and then maybe read about the story of the early church, and then maybe read uh, something like the book of Hebrews, which talks about how Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecies in the Old Testament, and then go back and read Genesis and Exodus and Deuteronomy. Because once you start with Jesus, the rest of it starts to make sense, because Jesus is how God chose to make himself known. So if you see Jesus, you see God. If you understand Jesus and Jesus is easy to understand, then you understand God. If you know Jesus, then you know God. And I absolutely believe that it is possible to know Jesus. There's no magic required. There's no special quest needed. There's no level of education needed in order to know Jesus. All you have to do is start reading of his life and his teachings and see where that takes you. Pray with me. Father, I'm so thankful that, uh, as we say a lot in this series, in every good story there are elements of the greatest story. And Disney Pixar was not thinking at all about Colossians 1:15 when they created this movie or when they created that scene at the end. That was not on their mind whatsoever. But in every good story, there's elements of the greatest story. And the greatest story is that you sent your son as a representation of yourself you sent him to relate to us to know us to rescue us and to redeem us and because of jesus we can know you jesus opens the pathway for us to know you and so father i'm thankful for that opportunity and i pray that those of us watching the service this morning would take advantage of that opportunity the words have been preserved for us through scriptures the eyewitnesses jesus's earliest disciples saved his story for us. And may we take the time to read it and to learn from it and to understand that when we read the words of Jesus, we're reading your words. And when we see the example of Jesus, we're seeing your example. And when we see the love of Jesus, we're seeing your love revealed. We thank you for that love. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. All right, next week, our movie is Harriet and uh, i would encourage you to watch that before next sunday this one you're going to have to rent i don't think it's available streaming uh free anywhere but you can go to amazon prime or youtube or google play or any of the places that you normally rent movies it's a true story about the life of harriet tubman and if you don't know harriet tubman's story wow i mean it is incredible as i was watching the movie harriet i googled Harriet Tubman, and started reading the actual story. I ended up reading a book about her life. Just an incredible, incredible story. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about it next week because I'm not going to be speaking next week. I've asked Ebony Lovely if she would uh, preach on this movie. And so she's gonna be tackling this film and I know that she's gonna do an incredible job. Uh, We're all gonna be in Columbia again. If you plan on joining us for in-person services, we'll be here at 9.30 or 11. And that includes you from the Spring Hill campus. We're not back to Spring Hill High School just yet. And uh, if you're gonna keep joining us online, we will absolutely be here. Same time as always, same channels, 9.30 on Facebook and YouTube. I hope you have a great rest of the day. And I'll see you next Sunday.